Welcome to the Young For My Age podcast, a show about aging in a world obsessed with youthfulness. I'm Kelly Anderson. And I'm Andrea Barker. And together, we are your hosts. Join us as we dig into taboo topics, dismantle societal norms, and of course, have a little fun along the way. Thanks for being here. Kelly, part two of aging as a woman. I would, I don't know if I realized there was going to be a part two. I think I did because there's no way we could have covered the gamut of what it, it what it feels like, especially us as two women to really uh, dive into that topic. Because as soon as we started talking about it, I just had this moment of, oh my gosh, this is going to be two hours. And there's no way we can shorten it. And then we just kind of had to, right? And then as I've been listening to that second episode's episode, which was part one of being of aging as a woman and been connecting with a few people who have listened to it, there have been these moments of, oh, wow, I really resonated with that. I wish you would have talked more about this, that, or the other thing. Um, so that those are my thoughts around that episode. What are your feelings? Uh, is it similar? Or were you like, geez, Dreach, can we stop talking about this? Let's talk about something else. Like, wh- what are your feelings? Well, in true to form for me, there were a million things that came to mind after we hit the stop record button that I knew we would eventually come back to, whether it was deciding to record a part two or deciding to go off topic and like go go deep on one of those topics. So I felt like there was plenty more to go into. And I know we'll get to some of that today and a continuation of some of the topics we brought up on last week's part one. Um, so I'm excited to, to dive a little deeper into these. I mean, the topic of aging as a woman is so multifaceted, so complex, so rich that there really is no stopping point. Isn't that true? And a huge <laughs> discovery this week. It, I, I mean, I shared it with you, but I think our listeners would just absolutely uh, vibe is uh, there's a new podcast out called Wiser Than Me. And it the host is Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which is, I freaking love her in the first place. And the whole premise of the podcast is to talk to, her old, to older women And so it kind of like, I feel like the um, synergy between what we're doing and what she's doing just kind of blew my mind, but in a really fun way, because I admire her and think she's just such a badass. And her very first episode, I've listened to a few now, but her very first episode was with Jane Fonda, whom I cut out of, hey, everybody, so out of the last podcast, I cut cut this out because it was just getting too long. But one of the people that I told Kelly inspire me recently, like in the, in the most recent years, as far as like getting older and being just kind of a, an example of what it can look like to be an older woman. That was Jane Fonda. And so I was so stoked when I saw that, that she was the first guest on that wiser than me podcast. I would highly encourage everyone to go listen to it. Uh, It's super humorous. It's, it's raw. Um, a little uncomfortable at times. I mean, I've li- like I said, I've listened to a few of the episodes and 
it's just really, really good. We'll put the link in our show notes just so you don't have to go searching for it, but I would highly recommend it. Did you listen to any of that episode, Kelly? I have or it flagged. Any? Yeah, I have it flagged. I definitely want to dive into it. Awesome. I think you'll love it. I'll, I'll bring it up again because of a couple things that we're going to talk about today, but um, I think you will not be disappointed in the lovely Jane Fonda. <laughs> okay. okay. So I think today we started thinking about the fact that we didn't necessarily talk a lot about our true um, innate fears of aging or that just come around that aging process for the each of us. Um, obviously, I think some of them will be similar, but I, I believe we have some pretty different takes and probably a couple of different fears that like I never it would never come up for me or would never come up for you. If you don't mind kicking us off, um, I would I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, I see how it is. No. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm still like, okay, what am I going to share? Just kidding. <laughs> it's no, scary. it's all good. I I would love to go down this never-ending hole with you, Drige, because there is a lot of fear and anxiety that comes up for a lot of women when it comes to just moving through the years, moving through the decades, having the milestone birthdays. What does that mean? Right. And for everybody, it's a little bit different, but for me, what I have found to be one of my biggest fears around the aging process is all things health related. So I mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, but I have, I wouldn't say severe anxiety, but it can be bad at times. And a lot of the anxiety that I tend to experience is around health. And I've noticed in, in recent years that has become much more pronounced. And when I really dig into it, I think the underlying thing around it is, will I, will something happen to me? Will I perish before I get to do all that I want to do in this life? You know, I have what I believe like so much to give the future generations and so much that I want to experience in this life that I haven't yet. That's part of my, my big vision that the second, uh, a mere symptom or a, a test that I'm waiting a result for, or anything like that comes up, it, it can send me into a little bit of a spiral, you know, because I, I just want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be around. I want to provide the impact that I think that I can. And there's so much fear out there in the world around anything and everything health related. And that gets really deeply absorbed in me. And so when you think about all these benchmarks, right? Like at 40, you're supposed to go like start getting mammograms and colonoscopies and like all of these other age-related health screens and then like manage your diet and exercise and your toxins and all of these things on top of that that it it's it's really overwhelming yeah that the idea that something could be wrong with me may happen and I like I said I'm noticing that as I continue to age like that fear continues to permeate a little bit louder 
And so managing that's been difficult. I'm not going to come on here and give great advice for the listeners on how to manage that because I'm like in the thick of it right now, trying to come up with some really good like modalities to, to ease my mind and like trust where I'm at. Um, but it's a very, it's a very real fear, like yeah. not going to lie to you. So that's, that's top of my list. So when you, I, I mean, this is the first I've heard of this, so I'm super curious, um, about the fear. So when you imagine your aging self, right. So, you know, you're, you're in your late thirties right now, you know, I don't know if we've ever said how old we are. Maybe you're, I'm 42, everybody. This is Drage. I'm 42. I turn 39 next month. Ooh, <laughs> what a great age. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, okay, going back to what you were saying, when you think of your aging self, do you feel like that fear of uh, that surrounds health for you will get a lot worse or are there, what, what things are you putting in place right now to, I guess, try to manage it if you don't mind yeah. sharing? Cause it sounds, I mean, that sounds like it produces a lot of anxiety for you. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Like- I usually go through a spell maybe once or twice a year where I'm convinced I have some sort of terminal illness. Oh no. Uh, I have like taken myself to the ER on a couple of occasions and it's a panic attack. It's not an actual like cardiovascular problem. Um, So generally speaking, like I do take very good care of myself from a health standpoint. Like I'm active, I eat pretty well. Like don't drink a lot of alcohol, um, in general, like a very healthy woman. Um, but this like deep seated fear that I'm going to expire before I get to those older years, um, is, is there. And you asked me like, what do I envision myself as when I think of myself becoming an elder? Um, and I do see that for myself. I do see myself being healthy as an older woman and, you know, continuing to move and show up in the world the way that my body will allow. Um, So I don't know why there's this like barrier between that version of me, say in my eighties or nineties, and then who I am now in my late thirties. Like I I, honestly, what I think it is, Dries, is there's a lot that I want to build between now and then. Like the family and with my business and with my partnership and so many other things that it's almost like, what if that all falls apart? Like what if something comes in and completely derails that plan Mm -hmm. that I have for myself? So there's probably several underlying fears that are not just related to health, but that's where it shows up the loudest. Mm. That's yeah, that's pretty fascinating to me. I, I resonate in some ways with that. And I think like one of my biggest fears about aging is immobility. Mm. And, you know, I, I try to mitigate that by just moving because I, one, one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given was by my friend, Ken and Ken has now passed away. He, he passed away in his eighties. But I was at dinner one day with him and his wife, and he said he was considering retiring from farming. He was still farming, and he was like almost 80 years old. And he said to me, 
Well, you know, the moment you stop moving is the moment you start dying. And I don't know why it stuck, but I just thought to myself, like, whoa, that's an interesting thing to say. And so I just, it just has always been in the back of my mind. I mean, even this morning, I, so I tend to go running almost every single day and I'm running in the trails. I do similar loops every morning. I'm just a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. And on my morning loop, almost every single morning, I see this guy out there and I imagine he is, I'm not joking. He's probably in his nineties and these trails are not easy trails. It's not like a flat trail along a river. It, they're hills, they're, they're actual trails with elevation and rocks and things. And he is out there every morning with his two like walking sticks. He's got like a brace on one of his legs, like a full on brace. And he is out there so freaking positive. Every time I run by him or the dogs run up to him, he's like, Hey guys, how's the morning going? Great. What a beautiful day. And I mean, I think my loop that I do takes it, that takes me about 45 minutes, takes him like three hours, but he hasn't stopped moving. And I even saw, I saw him out there this morning and it made me start thinking about this idea of immobility. And, you know, I, same, same thing. I finished my run. I was standing at my car doing what this thing I call leg swings runners. If you're a runner, you'll know what I'm talking about. And these two older gentlemen, maybe in their sixties walked by me and they had just been out for their hike. And they said, gosh, if we did that, we'd break a hip. And I started laughing. I said, I know someday I won't be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And they go, you know, just keep moving, just keep moving. So this theme Mm -hmm. of immobility is just extremely present in my life, but that is where my biggest fears around aging lie. I mean, you and I are similar in that way and that we love to move. We like to exercise and just be active in general. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine not being able to do that. Oh, this this resonates with me as well. Um, we both were competitive athletes growing yeah. up. Um, my sport was not running, but I played basketball in college and I've definitely felt the effects of that, uh, in my body and my knees, especially, um, especially in recent years. So I also have this fear that not only will it slow down at some point, but like to what extent? (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I mean, a few years ago, I think I've told you this, I had to have a hip surgery and I used to run probably double the mileage I run now. Mm -hmm. And so I've already had to give up that piece, you know, and, but I've found other ways to do it. I mountain bike now. So if I can't run, if I'm having a day where my hips just really pissing me off, I'm mountain biking or I'm swimming or I'm lifting weights or I'm skiing. So there's ways to move around that kind of changes. You get older and as your body gets finicky, you can always find something to do and a way to move. Um, but that's a hope that I have for myself. And when I think about my aging self, I really do think I'll, and hope that I'll be running at 80. It won't look anything like what I looked like this morning running, (laughs) but I want to be positive in that department. I don't want to just be at home wishing that I was the runner I used to be or whatnot, but yeah, it's just, I think a balancing and an understanding and an acceptance of the fact that you will have to give up certain things and 
but that can also just be a change and like a shift in how mm-hmm. you move through the world. Um, how do you navigate that Dries? Like knowing that you used to put the miles in that you did, especially when you were competing, right? Yeah. And getting to a place now where maybe it's not the same split times and maybe it's not the same mileage every week. Like, how do you manage that in your mind? Like, how do you allow that to feel okay rather than beat yourself up over it? Because I imagine a lot of listeners out there, if they relate to the mobility piece of this, they're probably have experienced at some point, like beating themselves up that like, man, I can't do what I used to. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I remember being in my twenties and when, and like twenties into my thirties, when I was competing at a super high level, imagining myself as a 40 something and wondering what that would mean for my running. And then I think it's, it's just been such a slow process of deciding to retire from competitive running. And that was a choice. And it was a choice I made. And I went out like, I guess in the Jerry, it's funny because we're just talking about Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but I went out kind of like Jerry uh, Seinfeld said, like his, they stopped that, they stopped the show Seinfeld, like in the height of its popularity. Right. And for some reason that stuck in my head. And I thought, I'm not going to be that runner who's like out there competing and just getting slower and slower and slower and slower because that doesn't work for me in my head. I'm the, when I decided to retire, I literally set up goals. I went out, I raced, I accomplished the goals. I said, okay, now I'm done. And now I'm just going to run to run. And that's kind of how I've managed it is I love the movement of my body so much. I actually never necessarily liked competing all that much. I just loved the training. I'm like one of those uh, athletes that coaches like love and hate at the same time, because I'm always going to do what I'm told as far as, Hey, you need to get these workouts in and this mileage I'll do it. But I don't really care if, but if they're like, well, what race are we going to do? Okay. I'm like, I don't care. Just do (laughs) whatever. So, so it's kind of nice because I'm just now over the last probably five years or so or less, I guess, realizing how much I actually just love moving and that that's enough for me. So that's kind of how I manage it in my head. It was never about competition. It was never about mm-hmm. uh, how fast I was. Yeah, it was nice. Um, but I look back at that and I don't think of that as like, oh, that was my younger days when I could do this, that, and the other thing. I think of it as like a different chapter. Yeah. That was when I was doing this. And then I put I close the chapter and I'm on to the next chapter. Yeah. Versus feeling, and that actually brings up another one of my, I guess, fears is that I never want to live like in that glory days mentality. Like that is, that's not me. I don't, I never want anyone to say, oh, there's Andrea just reliving the glory days. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, yes, that one hits home for sure. Cause like we can have appreciation for past achievements and experiences and seasons of life, but yeah, like, I don't want to get stuck there. I want to do my best to move through like this aging process and stay present with it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is hard though. Cause sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and sometimes we do want to go, you know, back to those days when we could do X, Y, Z better. Absolutely. Well, what, okay. So, so what other fears do you have around, um, aging 
Mm. As a as a woman, I think mm-hmm. specifically because this is, I think a lot of times we well, I don't think I know our aging process is completely different than a man's aging process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we touched a little bit on like relationships and friendships last week and the fear that is sometimes prevalent for me here. So just a little like personal share. Um, The man that I'm in a relationship with is about seven, six and a half years younger than me. Um, He's the only man that I've been with that's younger. (laughs) So this was new for me. Um, so I think early on in our relationship, there was a little bit of mind drama that I had to work through. Not anything I want to like make clear, not anything that had to do with him saying anything about me being older does not phase him whatsoever. Early on though, I had to reconcile that mind drama of my own of, okay, I'm an older woman in this relationship. Like what like what value do I bring to this partnership so it it's something that I had to sort of work through personally like I had to be very careful without without just getting validation from him yeah um like sure that validation feels great but I had to reconcile that with myself of like what is my worth as a woman regardless of my age why am I a valuable woman regardless of his age and our age difference. So I really sat with myself to journal on it, like reflect on it, to remind myself of what value I bring to another partner. Um, But that was some work. And that fear does come up from time to time. It's natural. I would say, generally speaking, that has been something that I worked through early on in the relationship. you know, and again, he's never made me feel like, you know, I'm this old, like boring person by any means. Um, but it was an interesting change for me to, to feel like, you know, maybe there was something like, uh, invaluable or inadequate, um, about me early on. Um, and what's interesting, I, I got a comment from somebody one time when we kind of first got together, and I can't remember who said this to me, but they said, with good intention, oh, Brian keeps you young. <laughs> and it was, again, like I said, said with positive intentions, and I accepted it as such. But I got to thinking later, what does that actually mean? Like, what does it mean to be kept young? Which again, is the premise of this whole podcast is why are we clinging to this idea of youthfulness? And so I kind of let that slide. I think, yes, he brings out some youthful childlike qualities that I really enjoy. We're very playful as human beings together. Um, But I don't want it to have this perception of he's keeping me young I'm okay with where I'm at with my age. And on the days that I'm not, I'm still working on being okay with where I'm at my age. So that was just an interesting comment that I had to share. Yeah. I, I understand those comments. I also am in an age gap relationship where I'm the older woman. And I think we cannot let it slide that this is a societal and cultural thing. 
the only reason that you and I feel ever have felt or feel currently weird about it, or like somehow we have to, um, come to terms with ourselves as far as like the value we bring to a re the relationship or whatnot is purely because of the language that is around aging as a woman. I mean, we can't let that, we can't let it go without saying because the reverse, when a man is older than a woman, this topic isn't even a thing. It's, it's not, and it's not fair. Um, and so that being said, it's, it's really interesting to me. I've had, I've had a lot of comments similar to that, mm -hmm. um, where I, they're always well-intentioned and it's supposed to be a compliment or something like that, but really let's just like be careful about our language. And would you use that, those same phrases and that same language if it was the reverse? So just kind of call, that's a call out I wanted to, to put out there. Um, yeah. And it is, it is difficult being, uh, the older woman because you have those moments where you're like, you know, when I'm this age, he'll be this age. When I'm this age, he'll be this age. And there's, it's so silly that we do that, but I'm sure I'm guessing you do that. Cause you're not in your head. Like, yeah, I get oh, that. Yeah. Um, it's just, let's just be in the moment where we are and, um, and try not to like, let that stuff get in the way, but it definitely comes up. The mere fact that we have chosen to buck the trend for lack of a better word and, or lack of a better phrase and chosen to just accept and love the person that we, the people that we love is kind of a huge thing as a woman and even more so as we age in these relationships, like how cool is that opportunity to become even more comfortable with not only who we are as, as women, but who we are as women in these age gap relationships. It is um, interesting because I find that the thoughts around our age gap don't come up unless someone else happens to bring it up. Right. Like yes, him and I, when we're together, it very rarely comes up. Exactly. There's, there's nothing really throughout the course of our life experience together that exposes the age gap. Like we just are, we mm -hmm. are just being with one another in this union and that's all there is to it. And so it's usually outside stuff that will provoke some of these thoughts and fears and make me wonder, oh, should I care about this? Yeah. And it's like, no, like if we are completely happy with where we're at as human beings in this partnership, why on earth should it matter what someone's outside opinion is? Mm -hmm. You know, why on earth should it matter if someone wants to label me, which I hate this term, a cougar. Oh, I can't even, I cannot even. <laughs> I knew you would have that response. Why I said it. It's silly. It's it is silly. so silly. It is so silly. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's something that I think a couple of my friends do just to piss me off, uh, because I'll go off on a tangent about that language, <laughs> right, but, but like yes, said, it is outside. It's yeah. outside influences, right? It's outside. It's the language 
that we are brought up with. It's a societal, uh, that whole thing. I mean, it's the same reason why uh, we feel as we, as you get older, you tend to, I think one of my fears stems around being dismissed or becoming irrelevant, right? And purely based off age, which is, I think just blows my mind and I can't quite grasp the concept of the fact that we would dismiss anyone because of an age, whether they're younger than us, older than us, whatever that is. 100%. And again, it points to this culture of obsession around age and Mm -hmm. youthfulness versus aging and what it's supposed to look like. Right. Right. And just, yeah. And that what it's supposed to look like, what you should be doing as a 30 year old, as a 40 year old, as a 50 year old, et cetera. It just, um, yeah, it, it kind of drives me a little bit batty that, and we do it too. I'm sure that I'm sure I'm guilty of it. I'm sure that I've done, uh, said something or even unconsciously dismissed someone because of their age. Um, that I sent you an article earlier this week and it was an NPR article about aging and ageism. Uh, I'm trying to, oh yeah, it, it was called, it said, don't let ageism define you how to enjoy life at every stage. And I asked you to take the quiz that was in there. So Kelly, what, uh, do you want to, do you have the quiz pulled up? Do you want to kind of, ex- okay, sweet. Do you want to give a little bit of an explanation of what the quiz like asks? It's a super simple, uh, it's not crazy scientific or anything like that, but I'd love to hear, have you explain to our listeners what the quiz was about and then your results and I'll give you mine. Yes, of course. So quick summary of this article and you all can go find it. We can also link this in the show notes too, Um, but it was around addressing our age beliefs or our beliefs around aging. Um, So the quiz was really simple and straightforward. And it asked us basically questions that we either strongly agree with or strongly disagree with and everything in between around our sort of perspective when we think of, quote, older people. Now, they didn't define what older means, but that might also be part of this exercise was what comes to mind when you hear the term older person. And so it took you through the quiz of, you know, do you agree or do you disagree when you think of older people? Are they healthy? Are they capable? Are they senile? Are they helpless, active, wise, all these things, right? It wasn't terribly long. And then the results of the quiz were essentially to tell you like, what is your outlook on aging? Is it mostly positive, mostly negative, somewhere in between? So that's the backstory. I can share my results with you. Yeah, Uh, please. I received, so the result that they said to me was, you have an image of aging that is more positive than about 70% of all Americans who took this quiz. So that is, I think that's pretty stellar. (laughs) I think I passed. (laughs) Which wasn't thought, the point, but you guys get it. Yeah. I see mine was uh more positive than about 60% of Americans. But I wonder, and and I don't know what how you did this, but when I took the quiz, I wasn't thinking about any specific person. 
I was thinking about the general population. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and I thought about like two people, very specifically two women that I know um, that are in, one is in her seventies, one in her eighties. And I got 90%. Mm. So how interesting is that? Um, that is fascinating. Yeah. So if, I'd be curious, um, did you, were you thinking about any certain person or were you thinking about aging as a whole, like the general population of older people? I think if I'm remembering this correctly, the vision that I had in my head was the collective of elderly people. Mm-hmm. That makes society. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we both have some work to do. It sounds we like do. on, on our perception of aging. Um, yeah. I think, I think sometimes naturally, you know, with our parents, sometimes you're just like, Oh God, that's just dad. Or that's just mom. And these are, those are things that end up translating to the way you maybe treat other people, um, that are your parents age ages. So that's something I'm going to challenge myself with, um, moving forward is even, even when I'm joking around it, it can be, um, I could just do a better job. I think, I think we all can. And that's, that's a beautiful mirror for me too. I spend a lot of time around younger people and I also, I mean, we can talk about the older people that we dismiss, which is what this NPR article is about, or at least our perceptions, whether it's dismissal or not, but the same could be said for younger generations. Oh, and sure. like I said, like I spend a lot of time around people younger than me. And so it makes me question, how am I perceiving them? Am I dismissing them? Am I assuming that they don't have life experience? Like, what are the stories I'm telling myself about them? So thank you for that reflection. I'm also taking that away. Well, you're always so good at challenging stories though, which is a pretty, um, you know, that's a, that's an amazing gift in my opinion. And also to remind other people to challenge the stories that you tell yourself about other people and about yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that went, I, I was wondering to myself, like, do we have enough conversation, uh, pieces around this fear of aging? And I think we just answered that question. <laughs> we sure did. And I would encourage listeners come share with us what your fears are. Come let us know on our Instagram page, send us an email at our Gmail account, which can be found on our Instagram page. Send us a text message. If you know us personally, let us know what hit home for you in this episode and what fears you have. Would love to just keep this conversation open with all of you as well. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to hear some, some feedback in that department. (laughs) So Kelly, we are going to be um, taking a hiatus. So the next episode will come out in two weeks from when this one launches, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to give Kelly a break. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Don't worry, folks. We're not going far. That's right. I mean, this is number three. Three. Holy moly. And we are going to come back as stronger than ever. We will have our first guest or guests, Mm -hmm. plural. Uh, in number in numbers four, five, and six. So we're looking forward to that and hope that you are too. Beautiful. All right, Kelly. And in the meantime, age like you mean it. Yes. <laughs> Listen up, people. Uh, thanks a lot for being here. 
We'll look forward to uh, being in your ears in a couple of weeks. Bye, Kelly. See you, Dries. If you'd like to reach us, please email at yfmapod at gmail.com. That's yfmapod at gmail. Or follow us on Instagram at youngformyage. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.